I See Star Wars, a podcast by collectors for collectors. How you doing, Phil? How you been? I'm doing great, Mike, and it's another wonderful day to talk about all things Star Wars collecting. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, welcome everybody to another exciting episode of I See Star Wars, the podcast with What's yeah. our stick? What's yeah. our hook? We need a thing. We are by collectors for collectors. It's all it's what it always for been. collectors by collectors. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, well, I sometimes I flip it. <laughs> yeah, right. By collectors for collectors. I don't know. That's the same and, thing with the convention. You know, by collectors for collectors. That is our shtick, uh, I guess. I don't know. It'd be cooler if it was like we we need a good we need a good connecting like Dylan, you son of a, you know. Like, <laughs> exactly so how you been man what you been up to since last time i've been great man you know look it's summertime still riding the waves of the iccc 2021 which is obviously a great time if you listen to the last podcast but i gotta tell you i had um i live in california so recently had i was able to take a trip to disney disney uh, opened up recently and got to go to galaxy's edge for the first time in probably you know a year and a half Uh, uh, dude i gotta tell you man like so Rise of the Resistance opened in December of 2019, and I didn't get a chance to see it. So oh. I was able to get on Rise of the Resistance, and this time I was able to build my own Savi's lightsaber. Nice. And I got to tell you, those two experiences uh, gave me chills. See, we um, didn't get to do lightsaber, man. We did the droids, and we did get to do Rise of the Resistance, which is by far the most awesome ride for a Star Wars nerd in the world. Absolutely, there's no question. Yep. I mean, there's, look, look, everyone, if you get a chance, go experience it yourself. But uh, sign up for the fast pass earlier, not the fast pass. What is it? It's like the app. But the yeah, thing gotta, is, is, if you don't check in immediately, you got no chance. So that's awesome that you got it, Philip. Got to deal with the virtual queues yeah. uh, and all that kind of stuff. But look, it's worth it. Uh, but just oh, it's um, awesome. Yeah, you know, just you know, for a uh, uh, Star Wars fan specifically, the vibe in Galaxy's Edge. There was so much excitement, so much magic, so much fun, and people were just happy to be back to things, um, back to normal and be able to experience this as well. So uh, good times there, man. Um, well, it's nice. It's nice that everything is starting to come back. We're starting to see movie theaters open again. We're starting to see, well, you know how it's been in Tennessee. We've been kind of starting to see things a little bit earlier than everybody else. And then down in Florida, I, when I went to Florida with Andrea, shoot, that was three months ago now. So I'm really happy that all the way out there in California, it's starting to come around um, mm-hmm. because it's important. It's important for us to all get back to the game. And it's important, you know, for celebration, man. Celebration's going to come back finally. So hey. that's important too. Um, mm-hmm. We like to go check out all the movie stars and see what uh, – what cool things Disney is going to drop next. Cause that's, you know, that's celebration, man. It's all the, you know, exclusive trailers oh, and yeah. stuff for what their next year at Disney plus is going to be. And I love seeing that stuff. Oh um, yeah. So yeah, I, I'm well, glad that things are coming back. Plus I want to get out to California, man. I haven't been out there in like three years. Yeah, dude, you got to get out here and you know, you got a place to stay when you come out. <laughs> I appreciate it, brother. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but yeah, everything opening up is going to be a really good situation for collectors as well. I mean, um, all of a sudden, like the the, the, the hunt is going to be back on. But I think we're going to cover that in the news. Are we not, Mike? Yeah, we'll go into it in the news. But we're not going to okay. do that now. We're going to hop into uh, IC101, where you're going to get your Jedi training knowledge. And we're going to teach you about Bosk. I see 101. You must learn the ways of the Force. You're just another target. 
the terrible Thunder Lizard. Thunder <laughs> Lizard? He's just a regular lizard. Uh, Bosk was very first. He was first released. Uh, it was a baggy figure. Remember, they had the Bosk offer. If you cut out, uh, you could get a bounty hunter. If you cut out the pops on the back of cards, pops on the back of cards. For anybody that doesn't know, that's the proof of purchase on the back of pretty much every toy on the face of the planet since forever. There's some mm-hmm. sort of proof of purchase. Back in the day, Kenner used to do an offer where you could cut out those proof of purchases and you could send them in for Boss. So Boss came out with that mail away offer, and he also got released on an Empire Strikes back cards so we never had bosk in uh star wars cards obviously and the reason mm-hmm. why is he wasn't in star wars he was a brand new monstery character for empire strikes back that's right and what uh, kid doesn't like a big evil lizard bounty hunter well that's what i'm saying mike you know interestingly enough like you know if, if we take a little bit of a step back from the action figure itself i think that the bounty hunters for esb circa 1980 are basically equivalent to the cantina aliens in the original star wars they were the ones that had like all the cool stuff and the cool designs and things like that you know we got more luke we got more han we got more well i even go a step farther and say they were yeah. much better yeah you, and the reason right. why is because cantina aliens you don't know who they were mm-hmm. they could technically be the old drunk guy that sits at the corner of every single bar um, right. But these guys were on Darth Vader's Star Destroyer, and he was mm-hmm. like, you, you, and you are going to help me, and you know what I mean? That was pretty right. cool, man. There's mm-hmm. nothing better to build that resume than saying, you know, I was on Darth Vader's Star Destroyer when he contracted me for a job. I mean, you're going to get mm-hmm. hired the rest of your career. But, hey. um, yeah, man, they were cool, dude. I like they were, I like Bounty Hunter. I'm a big Oh, Bounty yeah, fan. lining them up was a good time. But Bosk was a particular favorite because, um, you know, basically... I think it's the first time we saw sort of a lizard take, you know, the tra- uh, eventually became Trandoshan, right? Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, he was cool. He was different. He had a yellow suit, and, and he had kind of a vest that kind of looked like the rebel guys, but you knew he wasn't a rebel because um, he was a bad guy seeking well, out other fact, bad guys. And, yeah. that Bosk suit was mm-hmm. in your cantina scene. It was the spaceman whatever in the back there. That's right. Yeah, that's that's right. the Vosk right. outfit. And it was also in Doctor Who. I don't know in which Doctor Who, but I know I've seen it. But that's right. where it originally came from. So that Bosk yeah. outfit is in a lot of things. Kind of like IG-88's head was one of the liquid containers in the... Yeah. In the right? Well, yeah, Bosk's thing, it's a mm-hmm. uh, deep-sea submersion suit. You know, remember the ones with the big metal helmets? Mm-hmm. It's one of yes, those yes, with, yes. like, a flight vest. That white part is, like, a flight vest or something from mm-hmm. World War Two, I think. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's a very, very, very particular thing that they built it out of, but yeah, it's been used in quite a few things and it's an awesome outfit and man, the coolest part, you know, you see Bosk, his first reveal was in that Star Destroyer and his claws mm-hmm. were hanging over the edge. You know yeah, what I mean? That's the first time you really saw like alien feet claws. He looked ex- dangerous. Exactly. I could be wrong, Mike. Is it not the first shot we see is his claws coming over the edge and yeah. then they pan? Back to the to yeah, all. and he goes bounty hunters. We don't need that scum. <laughs> so you're like, whoa, what is this lizard thing? I mean, dude, yeah. ultimately, I'm going to take a slight uh, little aside here. I love the fact that like decades after the release of these films, you're still discovering things that are new. It's oh, crazy. Yeah. Oh yeah, of course, yeah. I, you know, you think you know everything, and all of a sudden you notice this. Like, uh, I had no idea that um, Dengar was in Jabba's palace. Well, supposedly <laughs> Bosk is as well. Someone yeah. told me the other day that I didn't know. I'm going to actually Google it, because who knows? <laughs> Bosk yeah, in Jabba's palace. Exactly. Well, 
uh, while you're doing that, I just want to say that um, uh, I'm really happy that we're talking about Bosch this time around, Mike, because I actually discovered something that I didn't know about uh, this figure. Was and it that, that he is totally in Jabba's palace? Because he is. Okay. Well, awesome. <laughs> so you do so, learn something new every day. There's your one for today, Phil. <laughs> absolutely. absolutely. Um, I just uh, learned that there is a uh, Potch variant uh, of uh, Bosque where they call it a, a toxic green arms. Ah, uh, yeah, the green. Uh, yeah. What? Uh, and and uh, I'm going to be honest. I don't know anything about it, Mike. What can what can you say about that? Well, Potch is a company. They are. There's also a Potch Boba Fett out there. They had a, a numerous different figures. Those are ones that were made and released in Spain. Um, like right with the PVP factory kind of deal, but Potch was like the lower end factory for local. Um, but I think because most of their figures and stuff were made with inferior products, I expect right. that to be a certain kind of plastic degradation or paint degradation. But nonetheless, they all do it, so it is right. a variant because it's still the Potch variant. Um, mm-hmm. They're sometimes uh, identified by bad sonic welds or uh, melt marks on the plastic of the figure, and mm-hmm. uh, all those kinds of things can lead you in the right direction of Potch. But they all also share the same COOs as some Kenner Hong Kongs. Uh, so mm-hmm. that's why people sometimes get confused and think they have one when they don't. And they are tough to check them out. There's a guy that makes a book, uh, Javier. Uh, i, I got to find it. I don't know mm-hmm. off the top of my head. But uh, it's great potch book. But there's a lot of potch information out there. Um, but, yeah, it's a bright green limb, man. It looks – I'm trying to think of what color green to equate it to that everybody can understand. I don't know. It's bright, well, though, like bright, bright. Yeah, well, the the um, uh, other Bosques usually came in sort of what we call a hunter green, a dark green. Yeah, or even and, a brownish. Uh, and, yeah. and we're talking about his arms, his exposed arms and his exposed feet, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so there was two initial variants. And from what I understand um, is that the Bosque figures weren't really a variant rich Figure and most of the variants had to do with the coloring of, of the exposed arms and like scaly arms and legs. Uh, now, when it comes to the uh, the Potch variant, it looks to me more like kind of a Hulk green, sort of a yeah. Uh, they call it uh, yeah. they call it toxic because it's kind of shiny and bright, yeah, like that goop yeah. from back in the day when you were a kid, the the gel, or you put it uh-huh. on your keyboard to get up dust. Right. That color right. green. It's very, yeah. very bright. It's like the, the Bosque from Three Mile Island or Chernobyl kind of right. thing, right? <laughs> but see, that all that stuff is paint. Um, mm-hmm. That's paint because Bosque was molded in a yellow plastic, and then he was painted over that mel- yellow plastic. So mm-hmm. it's got to be the paint. You know what I mean? Right. Over that yellow plastic, and it may just be degradation that gets it there. There aren't that many variants, but there are a few variants. There's like a Palatoy Return of the Jedi tri-logo, but yes, as you said, I mean, there is no exclusive Toltoys Bosque. There is mm-hmm. no exclusive Lily Letty Bosque. It's mm-hmm. just, there is no Top Toys Bosque. It's just, right. they didn't get to Bosque. You know what I exactly. mean? And I don't know the reason for that. He's a pretty cool mm-hmm. figure, I think. Oh, he is a cool figure. Um, now, you know, from a cardback perspective, uh, he was available on a obviously ESB card uh, in all its forms, uh, and a Jedi card in all its forms, and as a tri logo. Yep. Um, um, and as what, the baggies. Yeah. And as baggies, yeah, initially baggies, because he was uh, he was on the mail order train. I think, like as you mentioned earlier yep. in the, the beginning, right? Yeah. Um, and on that potch, one of the most identifying marks, they say, is the uh, cross. 
The cross mm-hmm. is very small on the potch, the black cross on the front of his jump shoe. Um, there's also bootlegs of them, man. Um, mm-hmm. For sure. Well, yeah. uh, they even I made was... a model trim one. And oh yeah. Yeah. So there's that. You remember Patsy down the corner at ICCC had yes. all those model trims. I think he had one in that bin. Uh, well, not bin, Deltoff or whatever it was, glass case. Um, mm-hmm. But they're really hard to find. But it's really really cool. I encourage everybody out there, you know, search model trim, um, T R E M Bosque. Mm-hmm. And it's a really neat looking figure. It's just, I don't know, gangly or something. I, I don't know. It looks really cool. <laughs> so here's the key question, Mike. Yeah. Uh, how is Bosque represented in your collection? Bosque? Um, not that much. I have him in my complete set for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I may have him in a sail barge. Mm-hmm. But that's about it because with all the other lines that I collect, there is no specific Bosque. I guess right, I have right, a couple right. of the bootlegs because I have some Mexican bootlegs, but I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, no, I don't have, you know, hard torso or whatever, and that's that's the other thing. Not mm-hmm. uh, certain figures don't have that many variations. Variations have become really out of control in the past couple years. Um, mm-hmm. Everything has become a variation. It could you know, be a factory overspray or the guy didn't mix the paint right one day or the plastic had, you know, 3% less nitrogen in it, which made it more pliable or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. And all of these things have become these new variants. And what happens right. is it's a trickle-down effect. It mm-hmm. starts with things like Boba Fett, Luke Skywalker. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And then it starts going down to the stormtroopers and then it starts going down to the tie fighter pilots and it's circling down to pretty much everything han luke leia mm-hmm. all the major players right. after it does that it starts trickling down farther um mm-hmm. and that's when it starts getting into the other things where i mean i've seen some really cool collections which they are variants i mean i can't say they're not there are variations to the things i believe the word variant has changed in this hobby um, mm-hmm. people call lots of things variants that didn't used to be variants. Variants used to be this one's from the Taiwan factory, this one's from the Hong Kong factory, this one's from the Mexican factory, this one's from the Italian factory, this one's from... You know what I mean? And uh, that's right. what used to separate variants. Now it's this one is a black belt Hong Kong, this one is a brown belt Hong Kong, this one is a black belt with a white stripe Hong Kong with a factory overspray on the left foot and a factory overspray <laughs> on the right foot and a lost American and a third rocket and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. like, man, you can chop anything down like that. You know what right. I mean? You could pick anything that is on your desk there and you can rip it apart to that degree, but people mm-hmm. don't tend to do that until they really get into it. And they really get into it. There's something else we're going to talk about in the market, in the news, mm-hmm. in the, right. about the market is... Uh, they get really into it, and that's when all these variations become coming to light. I mean, there are definitely different COOs on Bosque. There are different. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Uh, there are different uh, types of material they are made out of. Mm-hmm. They are different. There's a lot of different things. So, yeah. I just don't think he's been delved into that much. Once somebody so. comes out with a definitive book on Lobot then you know everything's been done. <laughs> exactly. Well, it's funny you mentioned that. Uh, I happen to have uh, 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 two Bosques on 41 backs from my childhood, mm-hmm. um, and I've got about four that are loose. And, uh, you know, when, I, when we were talked about, talking about Bosques in this podcast, I pulled them out and took a look at them. And even Bosques' eyes, you know, the like the, the – um, 
the paint of the eyes is red with sort of a black iris point on them, right? Yeah. And I noticed that there was like major differences. Like some of the eyes look black based on how much of that uh, uh, black paint they put on the iris, and some yeah. of them look red, kind of a thing. So uh, while they say that Bosk isn't a very rich character, um, certainly I'm sure that there's plenty of things that you could find. <laughs> I'm, uh, yeah, I really agree because there's different I, sculpts with the chest and there's all different sculpts because obviously they made more than one mold. That's the thing you run into with the later figures. Right. Um, that's why when you get to last 17, there's like no variants. It's because it, it didn't have time for the molds to move or change or anything. Right. It just right. died. Right, right. Well, uh, I've got uh, a half dozen in my collection. I love them and... Uh, he certainly has a very important place in Star Wars uh, canon and Star Wars uh, storytelling. Um, I, I love how much of Boss we got a lot of things like like the Clone Wars, right? Mm -hmm. And even other Trandoshans. So, uh, uh, God, I just love how um, that you just keep getting more and more and more information and, and great stories out of uh, out of uh, figures like these. Yep. Mm -hmm. Also, another fun way to keep an eyeball out for that Potch variant, man, is if you, uh, sometimes they went really, really thick with whatever brush mm -hmm. they use for the lips. So it looks like ah. it's just covered in red. Looks like it's the Joker. You remember when the Joker was like putting that <laughs> stuff in the, the hairspray? And if you use the hairspray and the deodorant at the same time and put the grin yeah. on your face, uh -huh. yeah, we're going to give uh... Gotham a smile. Exactly, you know, and I never even realized that. It looks like he's the only uh, uh, action figure that looks like he's wearing like overblown lipstick. Yeah, <laughs> but that's that's Potch, man. It's, oh yeah. Potch is just the sloppiest figures ever. I mean, besides yeah. Top Toys, Top Toys get pretty sloppy. Right. But uh, Potch and, is pretty bad. And we are all kind of morons because we spend hundreds of dollars on these things. Oh, yeah. You're like, oh, it's weird and melted and looks like garbage. That's a variant. Yeah. I need it. Here's 700 Exactly. I think I paid $750 for my last Potch Boba Fett, and those things are like two grand now. Wow. Or something like that. Wow. Don't quote me on the price. But they, they've mm -hmm. really just quadrupled once people figured out what they were. But they're really hard to find, and the reason why is because they were garbage. So, like, they crack, mm -hmm. <laughs> they fall apart, they have melt marks. I mean, it would be the last thing you would keep as, oh, that'll be worth something someday. You know what I mean? So. <laughs> oh, man, we are crazy, but it's so fun, right? Yeah, for sure, man. I love it, dude. Ooh, yeah, right. I love it. Uh, you know, so that's Bosk for this segment. If anybody has any questions about Bosk or any uh, vintage action figures, make sure to uh, bring it up on the IC family of uh, uh, Facebook sites. Yeah, check them out, imperialcommissary.com. But, yeah, bring them up on any of our pages. We'll talk about it and uh, just try to, you know, if it's Jar Jar, put it on IC2. If it's Bosk, put it on IC1. Um, mm -hmm. If it's G.I. Joe, put it on IC everything else. If it's, I don't know cards oh. put it on IC cards if it's you know there's a million different pages so exactly and there you know there's thousands of experienced collectors out there that have uh, information on these and and would certainly chime in if anybody has questions about Bosk or any other figures and variants things like yeah, that yeah so, we are definitely not the end all be all just because we are immersed in this and because we play toys all the time doesn't mean we know everything and doesn't mean we're always right there's tons cool. of people with very good information always reach out to a friend that is the best way to excel at vintage star wars collecting the news. Give me regular reports, please. Right. So, Mike, I got a bit of news for you. News? 
news. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So check this out, man. Um, uh, July 14th, 2017 was when the first uh, episode of Icy Star Wars was published. So uh, we are just upon the four-year anniversary of Icy Star Wars. Hey! And- yeah, good job. I just Thank joined you. you. I just joined you about uh, a little less than a year ago on the podcast, but I wanted to just uh, wish you a happy birthday. Well, actually, oh. us now a happy birthday. Thank you very much. No, that's exciting, man. I didn't even know that. I didn't even know that when you said it. I was like, uh, that's the date that Cameron Poe gets out of Supermax prison. <laughs> Remember that? What was that? Yeah. My daddy oh, will be home on July fourteenth. Remember? Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah. So, uh, Mike, that's the movie. Exactly. Sorry, I couldn't get there. Uh, you know, you've been doing this for for, for four years now, and um, uh, actually, quite a few years prior to that, with the previous version of the podcast, yeah, uh, Collector's uh, Galaxy. Just, just uh, you know, a little bit, uh, basically, speech. Um, what's it like? You know, why, speech, why me you... speech. Yeah. <laughs> oh, nobody wants to hear what I got to say, man. <laughs> yeah. So, reflecting upon the podcast, why do you do it, and, and why do we do it, and, and um, you know, what's the experience been like for you? Yeah, well, uh, when I first started off with Collector's Galaxy Podcast, it was really cool. Um, I didn't know what podcasting was, but I had a couple guys that really, well, Justin was awesome at it, and uh, we got it going, and it was super fun, and we did move on and move around and... But the thing is, is I always wanted the podcast. I don't want to really... That's why I don't do Patreons and stuff like that. I mean, if Oreo Cookie wants to come and be like, Mike, we'll give you $8 million to be like, Oreos are delicious, I'll be like, sold. But uh, <laughs> if it's just random people giving money so we make a podcast, that's just not for me. I don't like that. Mm. Um, personally, everybody that does it, it's fine by me. Do whatever you want to do. But uh, So I didn't like that, and I just wanted to make... Something where, I don't know, people always go, hey, Mike, what's this question? Hey, Mike, what's this question? And once I get the same question 30, 40 times, I thought it Mm -hmm. would be good to go on the podcast and help. And the way the podcast, that first podcast started, it was more uh, Justin was doing the podcast on his own. uh, Mm -hmm. And he was, I think, like 10 episodes in or something like that. And he was like, Mike, you know what, man? I only know modern stuff. I need somebody to help me with vintage and blah, blah, blah. Would you be interested Mm -hmm. at all? I said, sure, dude. Why not? Because I always say that. Because why not? And uh, we did it for a couple years there, man, and it grew and grew and grew, but then we all went our separate ways, and that's okay, too. That's life. Life moves. Um, It's Mm -hmm. always moving forward. And uh, what happened is I was always like, well, all right, you know, it was nice, and we had a fun time, and it was no big deal to me. I was like, fine, you know, because it was – I I didn't really – build the podcast from scratch like it was his his you know mm-hmm. what i mean he did the work and the the start off of it i just kind of talked into a microphone um mm-hmm. but the thing is is he uh it it was missed because i couldn't just like hang out with my buddies on a thursday or whatever and eat pizza mm-hmm. at his house and we talk star wars but it also was i don't know it was it, it was just I hate to say this because I'm not trying to say this, but it was loved mm-hmm. by people. People oh, yeah. loved it. Um, so they reached out. Uh, so many people reached out to me. Mike, do another podcast. Why are you doing mm-hmm. a podcast? Why won't you do a podcast? What happened to Collector's Galaxy? Blah, 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 blah. And everybody that was around knows the story of what happened to Collector's Galaxy. But uh, mm-hmm. everybody that wasn't, there's no reason repeating it. Life throws people curveballs, and some of them mm-hmm. hit the curveballs, and some of them don't. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, that went down the way it did and it's fine and we're all still friends um trent justin and i uh mm-hmm. it's just we all went very very separate ways as far as star wars is concerned mm-hmm. um 
but that's okay too. Everybody collects yeah. different, man. Uh, but anyway, so after that, the people that loved it, like yourself, to be honest, were like, do yes. another podcast, Mike, do another podcast. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, well, you know, I'll try to figure it out. So I went to YouTube's. I went to the YouTube's because I'm old. <laughs> and uh, the YouTube's told me how to make a podcast. And I, I just started cobbling it together. And for some reason, I mean, it wasn't high quality. It wasn't nice. Philip does a way better job now that he's on. But um, it wasn't nice or anything. It was just regular. And it was just me talking and just going off the top of my head. And for some reason, people really respond to that. And I don't know if it's because I'm pretty unfiltered. I don't know if it's because I'm not going to cuss so you can have me on in front of your kids. I don't know if it's... I don't know what it is, but I do know that numerous people kept reaching out to me. So I said, fine. And I did it. And I, I am not a podcaster. I don't Mm want to be a famous podcaster. I have no desire to be Joe Rogan. I have no desire to have hot earphones on my face, Mm -hmm. but I do like talking to the people and I do like how, how much the people like it. And I do like how much people are into it and how information is spread through it. And uh, you're the one who really made me see all those things in it. Mm-hmm. Um, besides the people that write me and stuff like that, but people with my position with Star Wars and stuff like that, people write me quite often. And they're very, very nice, and I always appreciate the kind words, and please keep them coming because there's plenty of people that write me with not nice stuff. But um, <laughs> Absolutely. It, it, it was people like you and you specifically that really, really – lit that fire under me and said, you know what, Mike, people really like it. And you might not think that they like it, but they do. Um, It's the same thing. I I know you see the sales I do. Yeah, sure, the sales help uh, with the cost of ICCCon. Absolutely. Mm. But they also give me an opportunity to speak with my members and to talk with my members two times a week for three hours a time. Um, Right. Where we hang out, we talk, they ask questions, they have questions about variants. Like when Mm -hmm. we were just doing our Bosque thing, I picked up a Bosque. And the reason why Mm -hmm. is because I got everything all over this desk. So Mm -hmm. if you have a Bosque question, I can look at one and tell you if you have this question. You know, and that's that's what really grew out of that. And that's what I love about the podcast is it allows me to answer those questions. Mm -hmm. Like, what is the Potch variant? Without mm-hmm. having to type a page and a half long message to a million different people. Um, right. Not that a million people listen to us, but for the couple <laughs> thousand that do, man, which I think it's wild that a couple thousand of you out there listen to us and I love you and tell your friends and that's mm-hmm. wonderful. And yep. uh, we'll do it as long as you want us to do it. We love the feedback, so keep it coming. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I see Star Wars as certainly, I think, a, a benefit to the collecting community. And while we've talked about this a hundred times before, uh, you know, the your podcaster that specifically collects Galaxy is what brought me back into collecting, and the entire reason. That I I'm wish here. people would stop blaming me for their addictions. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's all good. But uh, uh, look, the thing is, is that I see Star Wars. I've learned a lot. From, I'm sorry, Collectors Galaxy, and I see. I've learned a lot from it. Uh, really um, reignited my passion for collecting. And as a result, I'm, I'm here today, and I love the fact that um, the way we do this, uh, you really make everyone feel comfortable, uh, ask any question, come in, and, and uh, really just, it's like inviting someone into your collecting room, sitting around and having a discussion and sh- exchanging wisdom, knowledge, and ideas, and it's it's all it's great fun, man. It's great yeah, fun. Yeah, it's essentially an IC meetup, but we do it mm-hmm. on the podcast, you know, which it's is wonderful. Right. And I, I think it's great because... Any information, even all that stuff on Bosque, man. I mean, there's people that know stuff. There's people that don't know stuff. Shoot, as you said, this is the fourth year of this one, and I did the mm-hmm. other one for another three years before that. So I guess I've been around this hobby a little while. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, 
even with all those episodes, I'm quite sure I said uh, information about what a pop is and that you find the proof of purchase on the back of any... You know, but the thing is, there's a lot of people out there that have no idea and they hear the term pop 400 times a day. Does it have the pop? And they're like, I don't know what you're talking about, man. And it's not their fault, but it's a weird abbreviation that only we use. Right, exactly. Pop to everybody else is like soda. Pop. (laughs) (laughs) You got that pop? Yeah, you want a Coke or a Pepsi? No, no, no. I mean, like, on the back of the card, is there a proof of purchase? (laughs) Exactly. A P.O.P. (laughs) Yeah, and the thing is, is that information spreads Mm -hmm. from everybody that listens to this episode. They have that information somewhere clicking around in the back of their brain. So if it ever comes up, they share it. And that's what has made the IC. Um, Mm -hmm. The IC is just friends sharing information that's it right because this this whole hobby it was all about uh no information oh don't share information the repro makers will make repro if you share the information of what's repro i've heard Mm -hmm. that so many times man and it's funny because it's always from guys that totally know the history of how to make toys and how toys are built and how toys are made from scratch and they're over there going, well, the repro guys will figure it out and they'll just knock it off immediately. Do you know how much a mold costs for a toy? <laughs> I actually don't. <laughs> like 50 grand, easy. 50, mm-hmm. 60, 70 grand. They are not cheap unless you're trying to knock out a couple in some silicon mold and then it's going to look not perfect. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Uh, so the thing is, there's nobody there. It's like they imagine somebody's there that's like, oh, there, there's a new divot on the side of a lightsaber. Now we have to create this. And boom, and they got this guy with a big mask with these giant goggles out of some sci-fi flick, like mm-hmm. perfectly making the, the repro. And then they're like, all right, get it over to the manufacturing plant. And then they send it out to get the molds made in China. And then they are start injecting them. I mean, come on, dude. That's not how it works. Right. But... Uh. You know, the reason why, you remember how, like, cars back in the day, we used Mm -hmm. to fix them if something was wrong? Yes, yeah, yes, yes, yes. (laughs) Well, they used to have these books. They were called, what was it? Was it Hakes? That's the Uh, auction house. No, no, not Hakes. Uh, Hayes. 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 Yeah, Hayes Manuals. And in there. You could buy the manual and it'll tell you how to repair. Exactly. But could you imagine if all the car companies in the world, instead of saying, all right, you can make a Hayes manual, they all sued Hayes, made it shut down and said, hey, listen, someone might make a car from scratch. You just told them how. It's like, (laughs) dude, who's going to do that? You know what I mean? So that's why sharing information is so important. And that's all the IC is. That's the super duper secret. You want to start your own Facebook group for anything. Ninja Turtles, sci-fi, uh, Toys, shoes, sneakers, uh, baseball cards. I don't care. Whatever. Ask for help. Um, I'm more than willing to help and teach you. There should be more clubs like this because it's just Mm -hmm. a bunch of people that share information. And that's what makes it special. So I'm very, very lucky. I would say you asked me the question, what -hmm. what do you get out of the podcast? What is it from the podcast? Mm -hmm. I'm extremely lucky to be able to do podcasts because what it does is it makes this hobby better every single time we say stuff like this into the microphone. Absolutely, and Mike, and I'm glad to be a part of this now. This is a, dude. This I'm is so happy to have you, man. Uh-huh. And I'm sure the listeners are very happy to have you because it doesn't sound like <laughs> bloop 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 bloop. Welcome to I see Star Wars. My name is Mike. Now it's all like blah 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 blah. blah. It's really really good. So uh, yeah, there's yeah. transitions and anyway, stuff. He, right. Philip just told me here. I'll give you. I'll give you a little inside information to the back of I see Star Wars here. He okay. Goes, okay. You, you don't have to say anything, Mike, because when we do the news, it's going to have this intro, so it'll sound 
sound like news, so you don't have to say news. That's what he just told me. <laughs> and the reason why is because I'm always like, and now with the news. But it's just me. But Phil's got all these cool buttons and stuff. So, dude, I'm so thankful to have you, man. It allows me awesome. to make more of these. So mm-hmm. I'm happy Absolutely. to make them with you, and it's always happy to have a partner to do them with. And uh, since you are so integral to the convention and uh, mm-hmm. helpful and such a good friend, it's mm-hmm. been a total blast, and I can't wait to do it for a billion more years. A billion more years, that's for sure. So happy birthday, IC Star Wars. Happy fourth birthday. Hooray! And, you know, I think the next news subject is something that makes the uh, podcast in the community of uh, Imperial Commissary sites even more relevant. Because, Mike, I want to talk about the current state of the marketplace um, in the news. Uh, it's kind of the elephant in the room. And while I don't have eyes everywhere, I haven't seen it discussed much. But dang, dude. Yeah. Vintage Star Wars stuff is expensive. I mean, modern stuff is expensive. All like, Star Wars everything is expensive. Yeah, wh- what is going on with this marketplace? I mean, yeah, we're coming out of a pandemic. Uh, you know, there's a obviously obvious market reasons that things are happening. But what's your take on why is a uh, $50 Boba Fett from uh, three years ago now $200, bud? And uh, that's true with everything. There's There's a lot of different factors that factor into that. Um, there's a few different, uh, life and real life and political factors that factor into that. There's also, um, the fact that there isn't unlimited quantities of this stuff. Um, it's around, uh, but there isn't unlimited quantities. It also has to do with the big bad COVID. Um, what happened with coronavirus is all of us hunters, Um, you, me, everybody that hunts vintage Star Wars. What I mean by hunt is somebody who goes out into the world of non-internet-based human beings and Mm -hmm. makes deals for Star Wars toys, you know, those kind of people. And uh, we we had that completely taken away from us for a year. So Mm -hmm. it pushed every last one of us to the internet. Right. Um, So everybody's on the internet now, which means you've just completely increased your uh, target demographic and your users and everything. Look at how much the IC's grown. It's 24,000 people now. Big big spikes in the IC community in the past couple of years. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and the the activity rate is through the roof. Um, Plus, eBay just decided to do that thing where they're like, we're going to stop taking PayPal after 900 years. Mm -hmm. And it is not perfect the way it works and their fees are their fees i mean you can feel free to look them up right uh but the thing is is that has driven more and more people to tertiary sites uh instagrams twitch twitter Mm -hmm. facebook 4chan whatever wherever you sell anything you know craigslist whatever um marketplace so now that that's happened and these people have all kind of move to that um it makes everything go up it was always more expensive to sit at home on your couch and buy a star wars toy Mm -hmm. the thing is is you've just doubled your clientele and you've also cut in half or a quarter the amount of star wars stuff that's there because all right Right. you go out you go hunt something you get a big collection it's 200 300 400 pieces Mm -hmm. that's 400 pieces that end up back in the market from an attic Mm -hmm. or a basement or a barn they were out of the market they were garbage Mm -hmm. until they were found so once they're found and once they're pushed back into the market that's really where you see those deals um Mm -hmm. where you're able to get deals the thing is is that stopped completely because nobody, you know, the target demographic for you to be finding vintage stuff is somebody between the ages of what, 60 and 80 because their kids would have it or something like that. Those are the people that have this stuff in their attics. All those people were not taking visitors 
for over a year. Some of them still aren't. You know what I mean? Right. So it's that completely dried that up, which is one increase on the market. The yeah. other increase on the market is people who have been given more money and they have more money than they have ever had ever. Um, mm-hmm. Coronavirus has really crushed um, a bunch of people and it's horrible. Uh, it's crushed a bunch of businesses and that is horrible. Mm-hmm. But no matter what way you cut it, pretty much everybody in the United States got at least $7,500 worth of money that they weren't counting on. Um is it useful? Sure. Is it helpful to them? Sure. Is it, uh, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. It's not about politics. It's about the sheer fact that every single person got 7500 bucks. And if they had mm-hmm. kids or more kids, they got even more. And that's, no matter what way you cut it, it's a bump. If you scratched off a lotto ticket and all of a sudden one day you got 7500 bucks, I mean, that's a good day. You'll figure out something to spend it on. So right. you could spend it on this kind of stuff. Also, mm-hmm. something that happened is in the past, like, three, four, five years, cryptocurrency. But I'm not just talking mm-hmm. about Bitcoin. Bitcoin has been slowly chipping away forever. And Bitcoin, there's only X amount of them and everybody had them. Anyway, I'm not here for a lesson on mm-hmm. crypto. But there are 250 billion different kinds of crypto now. There is every mm-hmm. kind of crypto under the sun. What crypto is, is just fake internet money that you can't spend on anything yet, but people mm-hmm. are buying it. So what happens is you can put your money into crypto and people that put in $3,000 sometimes... Mm-hmm. make $2 million. Right. So when you make $2 million overnight, you have absolutely no problem throwing it $250,000 away on a rocket mm-hmm. firing Boba Fett blindfolded. You right. don't care. Um, so that's something else that's happened. So the younger generation is mm-hmm. actually getting to the point now where we were 10 years ago or whatever, which is they are getting to the point where they have either good jobs or they have made money from other side things or they work or they are out of college or whatever it is that allows Mm -hmm. them to have the expendable income. That's why you see modern going up. That's why you Mm -hmm. see vintage going way up because no matter what way you cut it, it's the vintage. It's the one that started the whole thing. That's what people want. And then they go down to modern if they either grew up with modern or mm-hmm. if, but if they grew up with modern and they have a lot of money, I am telling you, they will go immediately and buy expensive vintage. It's right. just, it's the next progression. I mean, mm-hmm. yes, you have all the vintage collection and all the power of force, and you have every single last vehicle and flight and everything you could think of from 1996 to today. Mm-hmm. Fine. Right. But where's your 12 back on? Right. Not to be that guy, but that's right. That's the Star Wars collecting. You eventually go to the vintage. Um, mm-hmm. I there was a guy just completely off the record, but uh, well, it's on the record, but you know what I mean. There's I I won't say his name or anything. (laughs) Yeah, no, I won't say his name or anything. But what happened is he put up a post, and he was like, "I'm thinking about selling my collection in a few months," and blah 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 blah. And we deleted it because it was obviously not priced, you know. And we always delete anything without a price. And then he put up another one who was like, hey, man, that's not really fair that you did that. And we explained the rules to him and why we don't do that. And he was like, all right, fine. And then he put up another one. And then he put up another one. And it's like, dude, you can sell your stuff on the IC. Just post it with a price. The problem is, man, is he's trying to hype up people for something Mm -hmm. that everybody is sitting there for. Right. It would be as if someone was like, all right, in three weeks, I'm going to put an Imperial shuttle on eBay. Anyway, so... He started talking like, oh, I don't like the way, you know, you guys don't believe I have lots of stuff and you're haters and blah, 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 blah. And and it wasn't, nobody was. Everybody was trying to help him. But the Mm -hmm. thing was, is he even, like, he put up pictures and it was, like, vintage and modern. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And it's like, man, we have two groups for that. You have to put them on the separate groups. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And people, some people don't get that. And some people figure that out after time and they learn the rules and they're able to very, the IC is extremely beneficial. You want to go somewhere mm-hmm. where you're not going to get 15 to 20% taken off of every single sale you have because we take not a single penny mm-hmm. ever. Then go on the IC. And you know what? People right. have done it in droves because of all of these things I've mentioned. So it's pushed mm-hmm. the entire market onto the internet, which the IC holds the majority of. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. I'm not trying to be that guy, but we do. Um, right. There's more vintage Star Wars, at least legitimate vintage Star Wars, sold on the Imperial Commissary than on eBay. I guarantee mm-hmm. you. Right. Um, Every single day, day in, day out, nighttime, morning, international. You got guys from Australia selling at 3 a.m. It's right. nuts. I mean, you know, the two things about that, it's not only, you know, it's the largest, one of the largest communities that exist, if not the largest, I mean, it's hard mm-hmm. to determine, but there's a trust factor there that you don't get from eBay, right? Yeah. This is a, this is a controlled, well, control is probably the wrong word, but this is a community where there's checks and balances yeah. to, pr- to protect people from. To protect from, everybody, um, admins yeah, and members alike. Mm-hmm. Um, we all have to stick to the same set of rules, but that's also you know, there's a very slim chance somebody's going to rip you off if they have to answer for it, you know, with their Facebook profile, with their connection to the Star Wars community, stuff like that, as opposed to somebody on eBay who made the account three weeks ago and doesn't care. Do you know what I mean? All they do is lose an eBay account. Ooh, big deal. You lost a free email address. Crushing. Right. Um, Right. So, yeah, that's that's really what's driven the traffic over to the to the uh, Internet. But that's also right. what's driven the prices up. And the sheer cost of literally everything in this world, man, I mean, I think, as I was saying, it's a lot of different factors. One of the major factors yeah. is I believe that the American dollar, that currency, is being devalued. I mean, they mm-hmm. keep printing more currency. And I'm not speaking out either way against it or for it or whatever. But if you keep printing more currency, which is not backed by anything else. Mm-hmm. Right. Right then it has to make the stuff that's out there become less valuable. Dude, have you bought chicken lately? Forget or a about steak? It. Uh, exa- right. A Coca-Cola <laughs> at, the gr- at the gas station, $3. $2.98. If you do the uptick on Coca-Cola, you figure by when we were what? 12? Mm-hmm. Coca-Cola was what? You could get a 50-cent can of Coke everywhere, mm-hmm. right? Okay, mm-hmm. Coca-Cola was 50 cents when we were 12 years old. I'm 40. Mm-hmm. That means that in those, what, 28 years, Coca-Cola has gone up? How many percent? What? 700, 800, 900 percent? Exactly. I'm going to be, by the time I turn 60, if I could still drink a Coca-Cola, mm-hmm. it's going to be what? $12, $9 a Coke? Yeah. It's and crazy. that's, it's completely across the board and it's with everything. Really look at everything, folks. It's just so, the way it's gone. So, so Mike, uh, while yeah. we don't do financial advice here at all, uh, would it be uh, uh, somewhat accurate to say that investing in vintage Star Wars is a hedge against inflation? I think investing in any non-depreciating asset, and what mm-hmm. that means is anything that doesn't go down in value after you have it. Like you go buy a new McLaren, you're going to lose a lot of money the second you drive mm-hmm. it off the lot. You right. buy a Star Wars item, it's going to go up over time. Now, mm-hmm. could it take a dip? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think everything's inflated right now because everybody's been stuck at home. The first right. time 30 people find massive wild finds in attics and blow it out on pages, I mean, everything's going to go down. Once there's right. a thousand bosks out there for sale, I mean, the price goes down. That's just the mm-hmm. way any market works. So do I think it's good? Yeah. If you could go find a wild find, go find a wild find. You mm-hmm. cannot lose. I mean, unless right. you way overpay or don't know anything about it, but I mean... Mm-hmm. 
There and it's it's not that you should buy Star Wars for an investment, mm-hmm. but I personally believe that the only true purpose of money on this entire planet, and Philip can definitely speak to this because he's seen me throw a convention <laughs> and hemorrhage it, but uh, I think the only purpose for money on this entire planet is to bring experiences. That's yes. it. Mm-hmm. And the experiences that you can get from collecting and from the community is invaluable. The friends mm-hmm. you can gain are invaluable. All these things right. are invaluable. Plus, you also get something. Now, you can make really good friends by going to the bar every single night. You can have mm-hmm. all your best buddies at the bar, and you can hang out at the bar. The thing mm-hmm. is, is, by the time you're done with your 30 years at the bar, your liver's going to fall out of your leg, and you're going to be, what, spent 300 grand, and mm-hmm. you get nothing back ever. Right. But instead, this way, yeah, you can pass it on or you can get rid of it and go to Cabo and retire or whatever you mm-hmm. want. You know what I mean? It's not going anywhere. They keep making movies. They keep making TV shows. You walk into every store on the planet, there's Star Wars stuff. It's mm-hmm. never going anywhere. Do I think it's going to go up forever? No. But I mean, dude, Philip, you live in California, man. Look right. at the price of houses. Right. Houses have gone through the roof. You you want to be a multi-billionaire? You should mm-hmm. rip off your walls of drywall, rip mm-hmm. the lumber out of your house walls. Everybody at home, go ahead and do this and stand mm-hmm. on the corner and say, these pieces of lumber are 10% less than they are at Lowe's and you'd sell every single one. Mm-hmm. Piece of plywood, dude, $70. Right. That was a $7 item four years ago. Right. So right. do I right. think vintage Star Wars has jumped that much? Man, I don't think it's jumped as much as the market should think it would jump. I think it's still on the way up fast. Right, right. And people are thinking it's starting to bend over a hill. No, it's not. It's it's the whole market. All right, this is perfect. To tie it into our IC101 teaching thing. Mm -hmm. Right. The market is just like variations on Star Wars figures. The Mm -hmm. farther down the importance of the industry demand, Mm -hmm. the... uh, the same thing happens. Like you won't. Once Lobot comes out, then all the variants will be out there. That's mm-hmm. the thing. Once vintage Star Wars hits its peak, that means mm-hmm. everything else has hit its peak. That's right. Do you know what I mean? Because lumber is mm-hmm. a heck of a lot more important. I mean, I love vintage Star Wars, but mm-hmm. wood is more important to survival than vintage Star Wars. Exactly. Uh, gasoline <laughs> is more important to survival than vintage Star exactly. Wars. Water is more important. All these things have gone up, man. Shoot, I think my even my electric bill is more expensive. Oh yeah, and they even just hit me for another set of tax, another state income tax, or or not state income, but it was uh, for living in the county I live in. The county Mm -hmm. taxes just went way way up, and all these things are corrections that will eventually trickle down to vintage Star Wars. Right. But you're going to have to see the housing market stop going up like crazy. You're going to have to see gas stop going up like crazy. You're going to have to see. All these things that I just talked about stop going right. up like crazy before the vintage Star Wars market is going to stop going up like crazy. That, that's right. That's right. You know, Mike, I have another observation related to this, and yeah. that is, um, you know, yeah, all the socioeconomic stuff that we just discussed is absolutely real, right? Yeah. And yeah, I mean, we, you know, when, when you when you don't you believe me, down, go buy anything you bought three no, years no. ago. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Despite all those factors. There still is a factor that is driving up the interest in all things vintage or all things Star Wars, right? Yeah. And I part, part of the the Dave uh, Filoni. <laughs> yeah. No. No. no exactly. You're right. One hundred percent. Yeah. I think you know as we enter uh, the phase two of uh, Star Wars storytelling, right? Starting with the Mandalorian, um, I think that really reignited. 
you know, people, you know, once kind of phase one with, uh, you know, uh, the rise of Skywalker and everything kind of slowed down, I think that there was kind of a little, little relaxing point, right? Mm hmm. Then all of a sudden we kicked it up in a high degree with the Mandalorian, and then with all the Phase Two series and and trilogies coming out. So uh, uh, I think that that had a pretty big big effect on, you know, driving the interest in all things Star Wars, and particularly the the, the toys, right? Yeah. Uh, so so well, you know, also man, if you remember, Disney kind of like gave us a brand new streaming service with everything Disney, all the Star Wars, everything, and then we got locked at home for a year and a half. Right, like right. they could not have pitched that at a better time. Oh, exactly. But that's yeah, dude. I mean, what was it, the best? What was the best TV show you have seen or anybody has seen out there in the entire pandemic? Dude, it was without question for me the Mandalorian. Yeah, me too, that's man, it. and that's pretty it. much that's everybody it. else I talked to. Uh huh. Which is crazy. You know, I got, yeah, yeah I, got, I got chills within the Mandalorian so many times, but. One of the things that the collecting community has going forward with is the fact that uh, there's still content coming on out around all these stories that we yeah. love from our childhood. And by the way, you know, well, I love Hasbro and I love Disney. I think Disney's finally kind of figured it out. I think Hasbro's figuring some things out yeah. because, Mike, and I know you probably don't know a whole heck of a lot about this, but there's a lot of really cool modern stuff on deck that is that's coming. Out. I mean, I got kind of. Uh, you know, bored with modern a couple of years ago, right? And yeah. kind of had everything I wanted. It's like, how many Kylo Rens do you want me to buy? How right. many, you know, that kind of a thing, right? Um, but uh, all of a sudden, there's a nice, a nice little mix going on here with Hasbro. I mean, uh, 2021 slate of the Black Series in all of its forms, whether it's Archive or things like that, there's a Bib Fortuna. There's a Mayfield, there's a Phoenix Shan, there's a Cobb Vanth, you know, there's uh, a, a Lobot. Uh, and a character I've grown to love, Galen Urso, coming out, you know, Black Series. There's some bunch of cool stuff. Uh, by the way, we're going to have Dave Becker on for our um, uh, ICCC update section, mm -hmm. and uh, I'm sure he's going to have a little bit to say about modern here, too. But Yeah, he's a big modern sports. guy, too. Well, Andrea is really into modern, man, so she talks yeah, to me about all yeah. this stuff, too. I can't oh, yeah. escape it. That's how that's how much modern has grown. Even I, a vintage curmudgeon <laughs> like me, can't escape it anymore. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they're gonna even produce a Navarro Cantina playset, dude. Oh, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta buy that just because it's Cantina. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, you're such a huge Cantina guy. Yeah, exactly. So it's 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 there's the lots of fun things finally happening again. Uh, you know, after a period of where things kind of got a little bit stale, and uh, and of course, you know. Uh, you got things like ICCC, which freaking blow things up. But, you know, we talked about that in the last podcast for a very long time. So <laughs> we, don't, we don't need to go there too much here. But uh, anyway, yeah. Um, uh, well, there's there, lots more ICCC stuff to come. David Becker will touch on it, too, because David Becker, the reason why we're having him on is because he is uh, he helps with the vendor tables at ICCC. He helps make sure all the vendor tables are in the right place, people are going to the right place, uh, and he also helps with our maps. And we had to redo the map 8 billion times last year for Corona, remember? Exactly. So we could qualify. But we did qualify, and we pulled off a yeah. show, and they didn't shut us down, did they? Yeah. No, they did not. They you know, the really funny thing about good. What I think about Dave is he is a very soft-spoken guy um, that you know will kind of sit along the edge of the wall, but he has so much wisdom and knowledge in his head that's like, dude, come on, let's talk about it. So oh, we're yeah. dragging him on the podcast to try to get some out of his brain. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. So, 
But anyway, yeah, I think that there is a real reignition of the love for all things Star Wars that's occurred, especially since The Mandalorian, you know, 2018 to today. Yeah. Well, I'm telling you, that everybody was stuck at home and it was right. the literal best thing on the entire media. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> In the entire world. It was, yeah. I think this is a good uh, segue to another <laughs> related subject, Mike, in the news. I think, uh, mm-hmm. uh, dude, the Bad Batch. Uh, we're, I think we're on episode seven. Seven, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, I didn't know what to expect from this, but so far I'm freaking stoked with it. What do you think? Yeah, I was not super psyched when they announced it, mm-hmm. I'll be honest. Mm-hmm. And the reason why is because I didn't love the Bad Batch episodes from mm-hmm. Clone Wars. Um, right. I thought they were just extra. You know what I mean? But I understand mm-hmm. they were trying to set this up. I thought the first episode was phenomenal of Bad Batch. I thought they were... Mm-hmm. Uh, they're doing the old, uh, the old felony rope dope, which is you know, <laughs> give you give you a crusher in the beginning, and then mm-hmm. start weaning you off a little, and then give you some filler, and then build you back up, and then finally get to the uh, the end of it where it'll just I'm sure come together and blow everybody's mind, um, which is awesome. That's what I'm looking for. That's what I'm in it for. Um, right. What did I like about it? I think Crosshair is awesome. Uh, he's just super cool character um mm-hmm. i like the other characters what's the big one wrecker wrecker, wrecker. yeah mm-hmm. um i don't know I, I like it i'd like to see where they go with it um yeah i think it's cool i think it's a great idea i really like the military aspect they were focusing on in the very first one which it seems like they completely got away with uh right. or got away from so i don't know but i'm man i have complete faith in dave filoni dude Oh, I am too. quite sure he's going to knock it out and make it exactly as great as it should be. So I'm mm-hmm. not worried about it, but he definitely has the rope-a-dope in full uh-huh. effect currently. Because, right. I mean, I don't know. You know my feelings of that one episode of Clone Wars, right? Yes. Where they gave away all the spice and then were like, we didn't yeah. throw away your spice. You owe us <laughs> money for that. It was like the total like Jedi mind trick ripoff. And those, right. the two girls from that episode were in this last one. Um, right. Which was all right, but I don't, I don't love the connections. You know what I mean? Like I don't love those kind of connections. I find that Clone yeah. Wars does that a lot. They'll do a forced connection, um, mm-hmm. like even the way in the old Clone Wars how they kept shoving in Jar Jar, like every mm-hmm. third episode, and it's like why so much Jar Jar? Um, but I think that is that Filoni Ropadope. I'm gonna call it that from now on. Yeah. The Filoni Ropadope. I think he, he he draws you in, and you're like, oh yeah, and then he gives uh-huh. you a little ease off the gas, so you get that comfort again. But that's the same way a roller coaster works, man. Tick tick mm-hmm. tick 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 tick. Woo! And then you got yep. the minute where you're rolling along and it's all okay, mm-hmm. and then it brings mm-hmm. you up to the big scary upside down backwards drop. You know, right. and that's exactly. Filoni. Mm-hmm. Dude, I, I gotta say, uh, I, I am loving the Bad Batch more than I thought that I would. Uh, nice. um, for a lot, lot of reasons that you said, but I am a big story guy. I love all things Star Wars stories, right? Mm-hmm. And I, it, the, the, the modern term for it is uh, retconning. There's a lot of, um, you know, depth being added to stories that we already know mm-hmm. in the Bad Batch. And as an example, it, you know, I like a lot of other people. wasn't a huge fan of the prequels when they came out, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it was unfamiliar Star Wars to me, but of course they've grown on me over the years. But I got to tell you, 
the James Lucino book, uh, Plagius. Uh, okay. I, when I read that, that gave the 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 prequel trilogy to me a whole new meaning. Right? It brought yeah. new depth. And there's a lot of that going on with the Bad Batch. Um, now, I don't necessarily think we want to talk about any spoilers, but um, you know, there are story arcs with stormtroopers and the transitions from clones to stormtroopers. Oh, yeah. There's an interesting angle to the uh, the odd clone named o- Omega. That uh, that sheds new light on you know everything from the original trilogy all the way up to the Mandalorian, right? um, and mm-hmm. so there's these little story arcs that are being kind of filled in with details. It's, it's fascinating, and as a result, I find myself loving the characters even more because the more they tie things in, the more it brings it closer to the you know the the, the story arcs that I love, right. and uh, <laughs> they did a lot of, they did a lot of that in the in the MCU, right? Yeah, uh, the uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe, and it is a tactic that uh, is working for me in Star Wars, where things end up getting tied in together. I do like the way they connect everything. I like the way they pull everything in. Um, the one thing, but see, I haven't seen enough to really speak on this. But the one thing that I don't love so far is that first episode I thought was phenomenal and perfect and exactly when I see what I want to see in something new Star Wars. The view from the military perspective. Right. Do you know what I yes. mean? Yes. Um, but what they did is they crushed that in the first episode and then they just totally went to the left and were like, here's a little kid that's also part of the Bad Batch and we're going to go yeah. off on fun adventures where the little kid's going to get in troublesome issues or like save the guys or you know what i mean and those kind Mm -hmm. of things i understand that it's a cartoon and it's intended for children and that's why i shouldn't be saying any of this because it's awesome (laughs) but um my my problem was is i wanted it to be like serious and i think that either feloni or somebody in there wanted it to be serious Mm -hmm. because i don't know crosshair Crosshair. A good soldier follows orders. Orders. You know what I mean? Like that's mm-hmm. that was serious. Like they did that part with that part, which I won't mention to ruin it, but mm-hmm. that part was when does that happen in Star Wars? Like mm-hmm. the beginning of TFA, maybe? Right. And that right. was a pretty bad guy telling mm-hmm. those orders. You know what I mean? Exactly. So I don't know. I kind of I really I thought it was like, finally, they made the exact cartoon I want to see. The military mm-hmm. perspective of Star Wars, that's going to be awesome. I'm so excited. And then mm-hmm. it was like, oh, well, that's not what's going on. And we're just going to water world it. You know? Yeah. But it's not really water world. But you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like adult heroes with kids that they have to protect right. thing. Right. You know what I mean? It's, mm-hmm. I don't know. I was, I, I, I was just so fired up, dude. I was like, dude, this is yeah. so cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and by the way, I think that Omega is going to be a pivotal, pivotal person in oh, yeah, the, for sure. the, fu- the future of Star Wars. That's what so, I'm saying. It's just the yeah. beginning. I mean, if you asked me in season one if I liked Ahsoka, I would have been like, no, she's the most annoying <laughs> ever. You know what I mean? Oh, God, I but, love Ahsoka, man. Yeah, but she grew into that. It's mm-hmm. Go back and watch the first season of Clone Wars when they had that different style <laughs> anime, man, and you'll just sit there being like, wow, Ahsoka's really annoying. Mm-hmm. But that was the point. It was to show she was young and a kid, and that's right. the same thing that they're doing here, which I understand. But dude, I just, I don't know. It's like, 
I don't know. It's like being like, oh, I always want to try baked Alaska my whole life. And then mm-hmm. somebody coming out and they got this ball of something on fire and it looks just like baked Alaska. Mm-hmm. And you're like, heck yeah. And it ends up being a haggis. Right. You know, mm-hmm. like uh, not even a haggis. Let's say not baked Alaska. Let's say apple pie. It's just right. I'm already motivated for that baked Alaska. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? Even though apple pie is an ice and everything and good and enjoyable. It's mm-hmm. not what I was looking forward to. And it's. Because it was in this on-fire meringue crust, what am I supposed mm-hmm. to think with that first episode? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The exactly. first episode was awesome, dude. <laughs> I want like eight billion more of it. You know what I mean? Like, right. that's the timeline I want. I want mm-hmm. them to follow around Grand Admiral Tarkin and put a GoPro on his head. You know what I mean? That's what I want to see. <laughs> Dude, you should make that a formal request and see if right? it happens. <laughs> That'd be There's awesome. Who wouldn't want to watch that? <laughs> awesome. Well, dude, do we have anything more for the news? Uh, not that I know of. Andrea's trying to open up a toy store down here in Nashville eventually. That's news. Oh, um, how was how was that going? I don't how even know, up? dude. I I got no garage space left, and it's filled mm-hmm. with modern. That's all I know about it. It's, <laughs> you but, know, uh, 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 I'm glad she posted a few things I wanted because I got a a, a a black series trooper and a uh, uh, Mandalorian loyalist from her, and uh, well, that are very bro. hard to find. So, uh, you know, I am I am fully in support of her efforts. Well, and, no, uh, you know you... what she's doing is uh, I said she's she's like she's been working for the man forever. She mm-hmm. works for Pontiac right. Buick GMC and Murfreesboro, not Pontiac uh, GMC Cadillac, whatever it is, Murfreesboro, and. Uh, She's been working for the man forever, and so she's kind of tired of that whole clocking in situation, even though she has a really great job. And she's like, well, I'd like to do something. And I'm like, well, why don't you open an art gallery? Because I could use a static art gallery. And she's Mm -hmm. like, well, I don't really want to do that. And I'm like, okay. And she's like, well, what about modern Star Wars toys? I go, I'm not learning it. (laughs) (laughs) I said, but baby, I support you, and whatever you want to do, you can do it. And I, I definitely think you can do it. And I said, I'll tell you what. If you get a hundred grand together from selling modern, now here's the thing: you've seen my house, dude. I have yeah. modern everywhere. I say I don't like modern, but I sure as heck still buy it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I said, you could go around, you could take everything that's dated after 1988, and it's yours to sell. Go nuts! If you can <laughs> dig a hundred grand out of this house by just selling mm-hmm. the garbage in our, and not garbage, but mm-hmm. the modern mm-hmm. in our closets and attics and what, fine. Mm-hmm. And if right. you do that, I will put in a hundred grand, and we will open up a store together and. I don't know what we're going to call it, but we're going to make a toy store in Nashville. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know, man. It's starting to get me excited. She's selling things here and there, and it's probably going to take a while to get that hundred grand. But I'll be honest, dude. I don't think I don't think that stipulation is a real stipulation. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I think yeah. there'll be a time where I'm like, all right, baby, let's just get this place because it's awesome. We can throw a store in there. You know what? It's not really that number. I mean, come on, dude. I mean, you just gotta be honest with yourself. She's a haven. She's gonna freaking make her goal, dude. So you're gonna. Have I to know, right? <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. No, now she's got the idea in my head, and I'm like, oh, you know, it would be nice to have my garage back. It's hot outside, you know. Instead of just filling it with like, because I got, dude, oh, I have a buying problem, man. But it's mm-hmm. not a problem because I, uh, I, thankfully, and am blessed enough to be in the right position to be able to do so. Mm-hmm. But I have more stuff than I need. Absolutely. For sure. So if she wants to start digging, chipping away mm-hmm. at that stuff and also make it stuff, I, I think it'll be cool, man. Plus, it'll be, I don't know. I've always wanted a store. And then you can mm-hmm. like, hang out at your store and people could be like, what's this guy? And you could be like, that's Bosk. Let me tell mm-hmm. you about him. 
you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, cool. Well, good good luck to her and to you guys, and uh, we'll, we'll be looking for that store. Uh, you know, I'll probably be camping out in front of it on opening day. Yeah, you kidding? You're going to be behind the <laughs> register. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I saw that coming. <laughs> ICC Con update. We're going to interview David Becker today. Uh, David Becker is here, and he is—he's uh, in charge. What does he do? He does the tables, right, Philip? He does the tables, the vendor tables. He makes sure everybody goes where they're supposed to go. He does all the maps for ICC Con stuff like that. So we're going to yeah. start doing little segments where we introduce ICC Con leadership team members, and we tell you a little bit who they are and about them and what their job is. So here is David Becker. David, you there? I'm here. What's up, buddy? And here is Philip, of course. I am back. This is, this is good. How about you, man? Good, good, mm-hmm. good. All right. Let's yeah, uh, to, let's dive into it. Phil, go ahead. Just to add a little bit to uh, uh, Michael's context is that, you know, David plays a really key role uh, in ICCC in that there is a heck of a lot of work that happens beforehand. And one of the most critical things that we do is the layout for the con. And, uh you know, we have put that uh, uh, responsibility on David Becker, and uh, he's been doing a great job at it. So, Dave, uh, I guess the first question is, um, why did you decide to get involved in, you know, this this crazy adventure that we're on here? Yeah, he's I've even a in... crazy admin of the ICC. Sorry, Dave. <laughs> Go ahead, man. You're, you're all deep in it, man. You got no escape. I'm sorry. I was <laughs> I've been around pretty much from the get-go. As soon as Mike started the IC, I remember when we only had the one page. Yep. So I've been a mod on that page, and then I helped admin five other pages. Um, and then he asked me to become part of the leadership team to help further with ICC prior to this past one. I just volunteered at the other two wherever they needed me. So for this one, I was assigned the vendor duties. So before the con ever started, I created the maps for the different vendor rooms, the artist club tables, things like that. And then we had to keep pivoting on that uh, and get the maps to where we could maximize space for to fit as many vendors, artists, clubs in the event as we could. And awesome. then COVID came and I made you redo it 15 more times. <laughs> <laughs> literally yeah, COVID was a challenge because <laughs> exactly. we would get the maps done and then some rules would change and then we could we could get a little bit more room and then we'd we'd add some more to it and then something else would change and so we had to there was there was several versions yeah that's right you know david you're you're a, a veteran of the iccc since 2018 and so you've seen this evolve um and, uh, you know, of course, we had a venue change uh, for 2021. So my question is, like, what was the most difficult aspect of planning that from the perspective of your role? Oh, the most challenging thing was trying to maximize the amount of space we had. So fitting the most tables into the areas that I was given uh, that I could do. I did want to <laughs> tell everybody out there that's listening uh, – the difference between a volunteer at ICCCon and a leadership team at ICCCon. If you are staff at ICCCon, you just give three days of your life and your entire heart and soul and your feet to working ICCCon. If you are leadership team for ICCCon, you give your entire year to it and it totally destroys your life. So, 
Thank you very much for being leadership team. Both of you wonderful fellas on here. I do appreciate it. My but, pleasure. But that's how people, you know, people go, oh, Mike, how, how do you do it? It's impossible. It's not impossible if you got 15 great people that all handle different departments like this. So that's why a lot of times people will be like, oh, man, push me up the list for vendor tables. We're buddies from forever. I, I can't do anything. And the reason why is because it's all set up like this. It Dave has to figure out the tables and we have to figure out this. Then we have to do this other thing. And there's everybody has different departments um but that's the reason why it works so well because you go into a department and the reason why all the post-it notes are on all the tables and all the tablecloths are there and everybody knows exactly where they're supposed to be is because this guy right here has been doing it since year one he just became leadership team so now i force him to make maps and media and stuff like that <laughs> <laughs> And that's you know, the difference. <laughs> exactly. so, and, and I want to uh, point out how critical this role is, Mike. Um, you know, it's often, you know, those who don't run conventions don't really realize a lot of things that go into it. And they don't need to because they're the ones that are coming to enjoy yeah. it, right? They're the reason that they exist. Those who buy tickets and VIP passes are not the only customers. You know, our customers are our vendors. Our customers are the clubs. Our customers are... Uh, uh, the artists, and, and they are uh, uh, purchasing uh, space in order to, you know, add to the con, but do business on their own. And so that's what makes this role even more critical, because we've got to serve them with the same ideals and the same core values that we serve the rest of the con about. Right. And so, uh, and now we are full on working on 2022. So yeah. I'm interested, Dave, how are you looking at 2022 from the the infrastructure map perspective and what uh, is going to change do you think this time around uh, on the maps philip i think this time around we should be able to have some more room we won't have as strict covid request restrictions in place uh -huh. and the way i look at the maps are i try to maximize the space and then also give every vendor artist club whoever's getting that table a good flow that they're not tucked over in a corner where somebody's not going to see them or they're not somewhere where they're not going to be in the main traffic areas for, for mm -hmm. all, with all the other vendors. Uh, Dave, you're doing a great job. We really appreciate what you're doing. Yeah, it's a huge and, help. Uh, well, even when all those vendors show up, if if the vendors are listening, any of the vendors are listening for ICCCon, when you show up, he's the guy that you meet there. That's that's mm -hmm. who this is. This is David Becker, and he, uh, he really handles all of that stuff. It hasn't been even part of my plate since year two. I mean, mm -hmm. year one, I had to do a little bit of stuff, but that was essentially just to catch him up and be like, hi, man, who are you? And him be like, David Becker. And me be like, all right, cool. Will you help me? And he's like, yeah. And that's <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, that's how it worked out first year. First year was nuts, man. You know, we didn't we didn't know who was coming for what and how they were going to do it, what. But it's really, really cool. And everybody seems to really, really be crushing their jobs. And that's what makes it. You know what? Somebody told me today, man. I was talking to somebody and they came to the con and they said, it's unbelievable how good it flows. And you just want to sit there and be like, yeah, the Hoover Dam flows pretty good too. But I mean, that's because they put in a lot of effort to make it work that way, you know? And mm -hmm. Dave is a big part of that effort. So we definitely appreciate you. Um, mm -hmm. And also I'm very excited to see what the new maps are because I'm ready to sell vendor tables. July 4th, they go on sale. We all ready? We, we, we good? We know what's we going on? Ready. Maybe not, but that's right. We'll figure it out. We got time.
Oh yeah, it will be ready by <laughs> July fourth. That's for sure. Sure enough, um, I'm working on the then, website too. We got to get that all Mike, working. Like uh, Dave and I will also be ready for the other part of our job when 2022 comes, which is uh, on site as things arise. Guy, how many Dave? How many tables did we move around this year? There was a good few. A dozen, <laughs> because you know. <laughs> then you know, once we get on site, you know, certain things occur that you don't expect. Well, there's always gonna... changes. Mm-hmm. Like for example, here I'll throw one out there. That's kind of a funny story. Um, there was a group, um, a club table, so a free table. But uh, and what happened is they wanted to call me because they were nervous about the COVID. So I said, okay, fine. And I went on this video. I won't tell you what club because it was all. A, Big confusion anyway. Um, but they they uh, put me on this phone call, a video conference with six six people, seven people, something like that. And they kind of like really start digging into me about how you're doing something so dangerous and we're not going to come and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, fine, no problem. So I took them off the list and uh, I told Dave and everything. We took them off the list. They had no tables. And then they showed up. But the reason why is because one of the people who set up that phone call is also in another major cosplaying group that really wanted to come and showed up with eight people in full uniform ready to go and i was like we don't have a table you guys put me on a conference call so yes for stuff like that definitely and for sometimes when somebody goes <laughs> hey listen we're from this uh this club mm-hmm. up in wisconsin and we can't make it so uh, i just wanted to tell you bro that you could use our table for somebody else or give away our table and i'm like okay yeah no problem and then i get trapped doing something else and i never tell these guys or update these guys <laughs> and then they're like oh we're, we're never gonna let these people come back and i'm like oh no dude they told me like a month and a half ago man that's totally on me <laughs> So yeah, stuff like that happens. There's yeah. definitely things like that, but yeah, you guys always, you yeah. always hop on it, man, and exactly. I, I appreciate and the, it because I don't want to yeah. do it. I can't exactly. Yeah. And the way the way the chain work is usually Michael finds out about it. Michael tells me, then I just try to hunt down Dave because Dave has all the knowledge in his head, right? And Dave actually fixes the problem. <laughs> well, that's how it really works. That's what every department does. Like, I mean, what'll happen is somebody will come to me because people complain to me. That's what they do. Mm-hmm. They come up and they tell me straight away, no problem. Okay, I'm on it. And then I get Philip, who then in turn brings it to whatever leadership team member, if I can't get a hold of that leadership team member mm-hmm. immediately. And uh, then that's the way it, it trickles down. But that's also the reason why we always have the right answer, because I'm not going to know all the answers. It's impossible. There's too many moving parts. Um, but we'll get you to the right person with the answer. Or we'll get the right answer for you. We all got walkie-talkies in our ears, so we could probably get it to you instantaneously. But that's mm-hmm. why it works so well is because all those people that you see with walkie-talkies and all the people that you see without them are working towards one common goal. And uh, I don't know, man. It, it really was awesome this year, guys. It was awesome. Oh, yeah. It Absolutely. was. Looking forward to 2022. Yep. Uh, I'm excited. Uh, got to see those yeah. maps. David, David, what are you looking forward to for 2022, man? I'm, I'm, I'm ready to just get back there again. I already miss it all. (laughs) (laughs) Seeing everybody and hanging out and seeing all the, the toys and everything that people bring to sell. It's it's fun. It's a blast. Awesome. Actually, that's a good pivot right there. Uh, Mike, do you mind if we uh, go a little bit of a different direction while we do got Dave six with... shows a year? Okay, let's do yeah, it. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, we're... <laughs> Next ICCCon tomorrow. And... No, I just. <laughs> yeah, go ahead, man. I'm, I'm down. So, on... Awesome. Let's do it. Dude, whatever. so Dave and I over the past several years have gotten pretty close. And, and, and I've, I've started calling him the king of modern. Uh, the guy is, has a vast knowledge of what's going on with mod- modern. Um, he has I'm a vast not... knowledge of the market. Here's a little top tip you may not know the PlayStation 5 we gave away at ICC Cotton. He found it. 
Of course, because he's of course because he's on everything. Yeah, <laughs> I think he just plugs in at like Neo at five a.m. and just <laughs> into the back of his head and just uploads. Yeah. So Mike and I earlier, David, were talking about the state of the um, uh, the marketplace out there and how prices are kind of going through the roof, particularly in the vintage area. I'm wondering what your take currently is on on the market. Uh, for for modern stuff, what's coming out, what the prices are like of the secondhand market. What what are you seeing out there? Yeah, it's a lot similar to what's happening in the vintage market. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of things that like the vintage collection released the first release version one. A lot of that stuff is skyrocketing. Certain figures in that line are several hundreds of dollars for a carded figure, similar to like what vintage is, mm-hmm. and. The, the problem with modern right now is if you're not online the time something releases or goes up for pre-order and it sells out, then it's it's hard to get after that. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was an item that went up today, a four-pack on Amazon that was gone in 18 minutes. Wow. And there's already listings on eBay for four and $500 for that item. That's and crazy. Yet, I didn't get a link to buy 30 of them. Thanks, Dave. <laughs> I, I didn't get one myself. I this one. Wait, I thought I didn't think Michael bought modern. <laughs> hey, man, if I see fifty bucks on the ground, I'm gonna pick it up, and I ain't ever gonna tell anybody any other way. <laughs> but no, it's I mean, awesome, man. My PlayStation Five. He even got me my PlayStation Five, man. I'm gonna tell people now. You're gonna start getting PMs oh, for PlayStation. Dude, I'm sorry, no, you gonna, can't find any more. He forgot yeah. how to do it. I knew Everybody's you got gonna be one. Me up for everything. I knew you got one. I didn't know you got two. And I'm wondering now why you didn't get three, because I don't have a PS5 in this house. Oh, well, there you go. There's your connect. You've been talking to him. You didn't even know. (laughs) Yeah, you can do is say something. I mean, going back to the the nature of the conversation here, um, I just, like, I was blown away. I, on one of the trading groups, um, no, I think it was IC2, saw a i believe it was maybe three or four years ago a a vintage collection ahsoka unpunched right that was probably 12.95 on the pegs right they were asking what 600 bucks for that thing mm-hmm. i mean holy i mean i i have i have no idea why but i would never imagine a modern ahsoka figure going for for that much i mean how do you explain that dave just COVID, COVID craziness. All I can say, uh-huh. I don't know. It's just everything is skyrocketing like that. Uh-huh. See, that's, I mean, there was a that's what we were there saying was a barge too, man. At the ICCC that sold. I think the guy sold it for like twenty two fifty. What was it? The barge. Oh, the barge. The TBC barge. Oh yeah. The sale barge for twenty two fifty. Sale barge. Yeah. That's nuts. <laughs> it was it was it's all of I it, have a sale barge for sale for twenty two fifty. It's available in Nashville, <laughs> Tennessee right now. I just gotta clean some Boba Fett's off it. Twenty two fifty and you get back five feet of space in your collection room. Wow. Get out there folks, sell your barges. You heard Absolutely. it here first. <laughs> now nah, keep your barges if you love them, but Yeah. Well, uh, Dave, that's Michael crazy. and I were also talking about a little bit earlier um, some of the exciting stuff that's that's coming out uh, in 2021 and beyond. What are you most excited about right now? I know I'm super happy you've been sending me links to some pre-order stuff because I would have never known. So what are you excited about, Dave? Um, I really like the Bad Batch. Mm-hmm. 
more and more figures keep coming out for that. That was part of what came out today. It was a four pack in the the vintage collection. It was Bad Batch. Mm-hmm. Um, that's I really like that that show. I watch it with my son on Friday, so mm-hmm. we enjoy doing that together. Right. Um, I I have a problem. I try to collect everything. <laughs> so, so I'm I'm constantly pre-ordering or ordering i don't do many store runs because those usually don't yield anything anymore uh-huh. it's pretty much in my experience if you don't order it online from somewhere you usually don't find it unless you just happen to get lucky i'm wondering uh what your impression is or what your take is on the modern outlay uh that we just experienced at icc 2021 it, it was really good i mean you had everything from vintage collection to black series you had other toy lines. There was GI Joe. There was Transformers. Mm-hmm. Modern. There was there was a very good representation of the modern line, also. Right. I did not notice. <laughs> <laughs> Got secret. He booked everybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I did notice. It was just a joke. Everybody laughed. It worked. <laughs> I mean, it was it was a very good balance between vintage and modern. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm very strict with the who we take and stuff like that. It's it's not so much uh, whomever's first. I I don't like if you notice there was no table full of like seventy five cent Pokemon's and bean juice. I mean, yeah, I, just, I would not <laughs> yeah. do that if they sneak it in somehow. Fine, but you know what I mean. Like I'm trying to. Well, that's the thing. We're 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 not the biggest con in the world as much as we will be one day. I know we will. But we're not the biggest con in the world, but we try to maximize our space. We try to make sure our vendors are taken care of. Dave is a huge part of that. But we also make sure that the quality is staggering. Um, so not only do we have... I, I don't know. It's very strange, ICC Con. It's very different. We have more vendors than most larger cons. Most More vendors that sell toys than most large top the biggest conventions in the world we have more toys then i mean do you guys agree with that it's just no question all our vendors are just great toy vendors and that's what our hitch is you know we really are for collectors by collectors and uh that's why we're able to get all these cool vendors from all over the world that come and sell and you know fill up our halls but that's also why i'm able to be so choosy uh choosy so picky i don't know um you know, and but it it brings that quality up. I don't want to ever dilute what we have. I mean, maybe one day when we're in a sixty thousand person venue and it's massive, um, then maybe we can have a couple bean juice vendors if people really yeah. want them. But until that yeah. point, it's never gonna be it's never gonna be a con where you walk into you see one, two, three tables of vintage toys, you see two tables of modern toys, then you see like twenty artists, and then you see. 200 booths that are like Geico and Sparling and whatever, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? That have nothing right. to do with the, what you're there for. T-Mobile, mm-hmm. you know? I'm not, mm-hmm. I don't know. And I don't know if it's just because we've never been the biggest in the world. But I mean, that when we were in that 178,000 square feet, that was a lot of real estate. And we didn't allow any of those people in there either. <laughs> <laughs> and we could have. Yeah. yeah. So think, 
So that just making, might be a thing. Yeah, so... <laughs> making David's job easier. You know? <laughs> oh, yeah, right, man. Let's just see what I got to do this year. I'm going to be like, hey, Dave, I know it's like three days before the con, but uh, this guy just made like a life-size Batmobile. Can you just squeeze it in somewhere, <laughs> man? <laughs> that, that actually wasn't a joke. That stuff is real. <laughs> yeah, actually, it totally, actually, truly 100 billion percent happened this year. Um, the thing is, is the Batmobile did not fit on the guy's trailer. Thank the Lord. Right. But he made the, uh, you know, the cartoon, the nineties cartoon Batmobile. He made it and it looks so cool. It's going to be there next year. He'll have the trailer by then, but he went and he went to try to get it on his trailer. It was two inches too wide. So an inch on each side of this Batmobile. And then he went to go buy another trailer, but trailers are so expensive because everything is up right now. You know, even trailers, I tried to buy a trailer on this haul and I had to rent a U-Haul for 800 bucks because the trailers were like four, five, six, ten grand for a, you know, it was nuts. Um, So there was that, that what I just said was a total joke, but that literally happened two days before the convention (laughs) and I was totally jamming that Batmobile in there. I didn't care. It looks awesome. (laughs) <laughs> but it didn't fit on the trailer, so it didn't really happen, which is wonderful. But uh, next year, better make space for a Batmobile. <laughs> we'll put it somewhere. I'll sit in it and check in vendors. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, hey, David, it's been a blast having you on. Um, any uh, Anything else you want to tell uh, our listeners about uh, your role? or? Uh, yeah, what are the, the five groups you had been so they can join them? Uh, I admin IC2, IC Lego, IC Funko, IC Carillion Engineering, which is like 3D printing and models and stuff like that, and then the IC Auction House. Awesome. And you can find all these groups on imperialcommissary.com where you're listening to the podcast. So just look up and click home. <laughs> yep. All right. I appreciate you guys having me. You got it. Well, thanks, brother. Dave. Thanks for everything. I appreciate it. Ask Mike. I'm glad you're here to tell us these things. Welcome to the Ask Mike section of IC Star Wars. Ask Mike is a post I put up on the Imperial Commissary, the group that started it all. Um, and it says, ask me in the comments about IC, ICC Con, Star Wars, Music City Havens, IC Star Wars, anything at all. I will do my best to answer it off the cuff on the airwaves. And uh, we'll scroll down here and we'll go to the first question. First question is Ryan Brad, who says, what is the biggest wild find you've ever seen in the IC or purchased? Uh, the biggest wild find I've ever purchased was that one down in Alabama, I'd say about two years ago. Um, and it was pretty much all the Empire Strikes Back carded figures, pretty much all the Return of the Jedi carded figures. Uh, a couple 12 backs were in there. They were a little bit beat up, though. Um, all the Black Hole figures on card, all the Indiana Jones figures on card. Uh, all the Flash Gordon figures on card, and a whole bunch of other stuff, some boxed items, things like that. And there was a ton of modern, but actually the guy that gave me the lead, I gave him all the modern at the time, and it was an entire truckload of modern. So it was two truckloads full of stuff. I would say my next visit, maybe my biggest biggest, was this most recent one because it did take my entire giant truck plus a U-Haul. Um, and it did fill my entire garage, and it's a garage that fits my big 3500 diesel you know, GMC truck. So, uh, yeah, it was a lot of stuff. So maybe that was the biggest, but, uh, I would say the biggest I've seen on the IC 
would be Ryan and Sean Lemku. They're from up in Ohio, and they're great collectors, great uh, hunters, wild hunters. And they found this one a few years back, and I just remember it covering the tables and the couches and everything, and they're down in the den, and it was just unbelievable the amount of stuff i also remember one ross Barr had uh where he was laying there sideways and he had his shirt off and a rose in his mouth and it was just tons and tons of carded figures that might not have been the uh the biggest wild find collection but it was the most interesting picture for sure um but yeah that's what i would say are the biggest ones i've seen but who knows you know maybe you tomorrow if you hunt the wild um maybe you could have the the biggest wild find on the in the history of the ic Next up, Roy Roden. Roy, uh, you know what? Roy, his son, actually proposed to his girlfriend at ICCCon, which was really, really cool. That was the first ICCCon proposal, so that was awesome. Uh, he asks, Roy asks, with all the characters in the galaxy, why did you choose Boba Fett over everybody else? Um, the reason why I chose Boba Fett is because he's awesome. He's essentially like a medieval knight um, and with a rocket and jetpacks and all this stuff, but it wasn't because of the movies. It was because I, when I was young, I read this book. It was called, I believe, The Bounty Hunter Tales by Kevin Anderson, Kevin J. Anderson, and uh, this book had the tale of Boba Fett in it. And the tale of Boba Fett was all about his story and how he had a very strict set of rules and the Mandalorian rules and how he hunted down Han Solo at the end finally and how when he was, like, given Princess Leia as a gift, he didn't do anything. He sat in the corner and meditated because that's not his style it's not about you know being sloppy or making mistakes it's about having your eye on the prize and becoming the absolute best at what you do and i really really love that about boba fett so that's why i love boba fett um as far as another star wars character that i would say is my favorite i would say grand admiral thrawn um grand admiral thrawn is I would say equal to Boba Fett. Grand Admiral Thrawn would be cooler to Boba Fett in my eyes if Grand Admiral Thrawn just happened to have, like, Boba Fett's armor. Because Boba Fett's armor is epic. But, um, I really like, and you can tell, the the original character of Boba Fett had a very specific code of ethics, rules, the never-take-your-helmet-off permanence, um, all those things, that was the character from the Bounty Hunter Tales, and that is also kind of like what Grand Admiral Thrawn is. I find a lot of the same characteristics. Cool, calm, calculated, and focused on achieving the goal and being the absolute best at their position. Um, I just, I don't know, I dig it. <laughs> Next up, Mike Curtin, what do you think the new HasLab Black Series project will be? Um... I don't know. It depends on what explodes in the last episode of The Bad Batch. <laughs> no, I think it'll be um, probably a sand crawler. They need to do something big so the figures can fit in it and so they can have the add-ons and stuff. So I think sand crawler, but that's very still Tatooine. Maybe they do a Star Destroyer, but I, you can't fit that many people into a Star Destroyer. Even the Super Star Destroyer for Lego is massive, and it just the bridge is teeny tiny because that's how big a Super Star Destroyer is. Um you know, they could do an Imperial Shuttle, a big Imperial Shuttle or a Tantive, but I don't know if the Imperial Shuttle is famous enough to do that um, with the younger kids, uh, with, the, with the young whippersnappers. I don't know if it's famous enough, but um, let me think. I guess they can make a Slave 1. They haven't done that yet. They would have to call it something else. I bet you what they do. Here is my Mike's future prediction of the day. Are you ready? 
they are going to give Boba Fett a new ship in the new Mandalorian, and that'll be the next ship, and they will call it something else. Um, that is my future guess, but I don't know. <laughs> Phil LeBlanc, any plans for IC French Canada section? Any chance for an IC tour? Um, we can do an IC in French if you want to run it, brother. Um, we do have IC in Espanol. It's for our Spanish-speaking members. Um, but there's also Google Translate now. See, the, the IC, I wouldn't do, I would never do an IC Canada. And the reason why is the same reason why I wouldn't do an IC Mexico or an IC UK or an IC Australia or an IC Spain. And the reason why is because the Imperial Commissary has been intended since day one to be an international group. All people are welcome. It runs 24-7. Um, and international people, I mean, it's, I would say it's a good 30% of our members are from outside the United States. So it's very, very cool. Um, and I like that. And I fear that if we start making little tiny s sections, although what we could do is we could make clubs. We can make clubs inside the clubs or something like that. I don't know. I'm always willing to talk about it. Bring up the idea on the IC or do it in the next live sale and we'll talk to everybody. I know you're always in my live sales, Phil. But um, I just, I don't want to split it up into different countries or different regions because I want the whole IC to play together because some of the coolest things I have seen on the Imperial Commissary are some of the awesome things that uh, collectors from overseas share. So I don't want to... I don't want to mess that up. But if you have any ideas for clubs and stuff, I love clubs. I think that's a great idea. I gave you a free table at ICCCon. <laughs> uh, Craig Reddy, what is your favorite item in your own personal collection? Um, it's a funny one. Some of the people that follow me or know this story, uh, I'm sorry, but I am going to repeat it because I love the story. Um, when I was very, very young, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. No, I, uh, I was living in Torrington, Connecticut. And I came across a B-Wing pilot. I'm not sure if it was a tag sale or an antique shop or whatever, but it was a B-Wing pilot Minon card, Power of the Force. Now, this Power of the Force card was the first one I ever saw because I was in Torrington, Connecticut. We didn't get all the toys ever, and I never saw Star Wars toys in the stores because I was born in 1980. So... I saw this Power of the Force vintage Star Wars carded B-Wing pilot, and it had this coin on it. And this was before the days of the internet where you could dig Google literally anything. And uh, I thought it was the end-all, be-all of Star Wars collecting. I thought it was by far the best. You will never, ever find another one. It is so unbelievably amazing and high-end. You save this, Mike, until you're 30 years old. You're going to be able to live in Cabo the rest of your life, you know? And those are the dreams of a kid. And... Uh, I, I took care of it, kept it in. I had this little cubby closet when I was growing up that had all my Star Wars stuff still hanging like my room. I just got a bigger room now that I'm an adult. <laughs> but uh, I had this cubby where all my Star Wars stuff was, and it was in there in a chest, like an old black chest, like a travel chest. Back in the day, people used to travel with chests instead of uh, luggage. But um, it was in this big travel chest, and I finally got it back from my mom when I started collecting again after I had some expendable income in a house that could take a collection. And uh, I got it back from my mom in the bin, and I went through the bin, and I pulled it out, and I was like, oh, this is still in here. That's awesome. But by that time, um, I was already looking into Star Wars stuff, so I was aware that there were other Power of the Force figures, but it was still really cool. So I sent that Power of the Force figure into AFA to grade, and AFA sent it back, and it got a 50 because it's not the best card in the world. 
even though I tried my absolute best from being a kid to keep it nice. Um, and that AFA-50 still sits at the dead center of my entire collection. It is dead center in my entire collection room. If you ever see the collection, make sure to look in the middle. It's right by the shuttle and the B-Wing. It's right by a Imperial shuttle in flight mode graded CAS-90 and a uh, Rebel B-Wing in flight mode graded a AFA-90, I think. I mean, it's... It's really, really crazy. People are like, why do you just have some regular junky B-Wing pilots? It's like, it's not junky, man. That was a dream. <laughs> Sam Sams. What items are you hunting for your personal collection? Well, I'm always hunting Boba Fett stuff. Um, I try to stay away from modern Boba Fett stuff if at all possible, but that's obviously not always possible because some of it is really, really awesome. Um, I am looking for Top Toys stuff, and by that I mean Top Toys advertisements or uh, poster boards or food products or Doriana margarine tops, all the weird stuff involving Top Toys. If you don't know what Top Toys are, they are figures from Argentina. Um, they were produced and released in Argentina, Star Wars figures, um, and they were made by the Top Toys company in Argentina. So those are the things I am looking for currently. And I don't know. I don't know. Any upgrades? That's what I always do when I get large collections. I go through my collection. If there's anything in there that is an upgrade, I upgrade something in mine. Um, I haven't gone really deep into carded. I tried it for a while, and I didn't love carded because I find the longevity of carded to be dangerous for a big, giant bull in a china shop like me. Uh, so... I do have a, I have a bunch of carded, but they're, I don't have any runs. I've never really been a run kind of guy. Like, all the 65 backs are every single Admiral Akbar, and then you've got like 45 carded figures, and it's like 65 back A, 65 back B, 65 back C. And even though those look really cool in other people's collections, I do not have the space or the inclination to keep lists like that. I am not that, uh, what is it, left brain? I am not that left brained. Um, if it's left brain or right brain. See, I'm the kind of guy that it's whatever side of brain is the, you know, artistic all over the place idea part and definitely not the filling out Excel spreadsheets part. But I have a lovely wife, Andrea, that handles all that kind of stuff for me. So I am uh, very, very lucky. But that's about it for the Ask Mike section today. Thank you for tuning in for another amazing episode of I See Star Wars. Thank you very much, Philip Brown, for being my co-host. Be sure to check out the Imperial Commissary at www.imperialcommissary.com. Follow us on Instagram at ICCCNashville. Uh, we have a Twitter page as well, at ICCCNashville. Check out the convention website, icnashville.com. Also, go over to the convention Facebook page at www.facebook.com forward slash ICNashville. And also, we have the convention Facebook page. If you've already been or if you have questions about ICCCon, go on over to www.facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash ICCollectorsCon. Also, check us out on YouTube at www.youtube.com forward slash C forward slash Imperial Commissary. We will see you soon on the next episode of IC Star Wars. 